Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women's in the ring. two-minute round your hooks and jabs look at female boxing this is episode number 99 actually it's wrong right here on our thing really? i'll change it i'll edit here i'll edit it uh but it's uh episode number 99 and we have a lot to unpack uh on this show my name is felipe leon and with me is miss lupe gutierrez lupe how you doing tonight i'm doing good hi everybody Good, good. Now, yeah, number 99. So our next show is going to be number 100. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Now, Mr. David Avila, he's going to be with us in a little bit. I think he's going to be calling in in a little while. But uh, Lupe and I are going to get started. And we're going to mix it up a little bit because usually we get started with the fight results and we go over the fights that happened in the last couple of weeks. But since last Saturday... Um, it was a pretty big, uh, a pretty big event in female boxing with that uh, the Zone Matchroom Boxing fight card happening from London, which had Katie Taylor, it had Terry Harper, and it had Rachel Ball on that card. I would like to wait for David to come on so that we could talk about that. So let's switch it up a little bit, Loopy, and let's go straight to the fight chatter because you being the only one, the only estrogen producing human being on this show or basically the only female on this show, I would like to really get your opinion about the comments that Heather Hardy did. Former world champion Heather Hardy came out hard in her social media criticizing promoter Eddie Hearn's remarks of the worth of professional female boxers and what they can do to increase their purses. In his statement, Hearn believes women can expect equal pay as men until they can draw the commercial income as their male counterparts. Harley took offense and tweeted, girls, this is on you. She added, he's literally paying the girls garbage, making them feel thankful for the opportunity. Other things also that, that Heather Hardy um, stated on her social media, and actually former world champion Ava Knight kind of second her on it, is that it shouldn't be called boxing, that it should just be boxing, that there shouldn't be no differentiation between male boxing and, and female boxing, that it should just be boxing. And that's something that we've seen in other sports as well, that female uh, athletes, take some of them take offense to the fact that it's being uh, kept separate as male or female boxing. Lupi, what are your thoughts on Heather Hardy's rant uh, against Eddie Hearn and also the fact that it shouldn't be called female boxing, but it should just be boxing. You know, I, I saw part of it online. I did. I, I didn't see where she said he's literally paying the girls garbage, making them feel thankful for the opportunity. Cause I wanted to see it all in context. Um, but he's at, at Eddie Hearn right now is do he's the one doing it for, for female boxing. And in this case, you have to say, I mean, yeah, in some cases it is just boxing, but in, in some cases it is female boxing and women in boxing. And in this case, 
it is female boxing. Eddie Hearn is the one doing everything for female boxing right now. I mean, last weekend, like you said, we're going to talk about later, it's the three title fights on his show. And then before that, he had another. He had the two fights. And, and he is the one doing it right now. And I don't think he's paying them garbage um, and having them feel thankful for it because his girls, I think his girls are, they're making some money right now. So there yeah. is a place for just boxing. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Lucas. Finish your thought. There is a place for just boxing, and sometimes I use that on my social media where I'm like, it was a, you know, this is great for boxing. Like, the weekend we just had was great for boxing. Not just female boxing, it was great for boxing, period. And then in some cases, uh, like for what Eddie's, Eddie's doing, I mean, he just signed, signed uh, and we'll talk about that, with um, Hugh Min. I mean, he keeps signing these these women, and that's great for female boxing and boxing because he's signing women. I mean, you can't deny that at least this year in 2020 that's been so difficult for the world and boxing as well. Obviously, we went uh, a couple months, two or three months in uh, April and May and June without any boxing. And then, you know, it started to come back. And when boxing started to come back in all these different bubbles, the bubble at um, – in Las Vegas by top rank and the bubble in, um, in, uh, Eddie Hearn's backyard. And now in London at the Wembley arena, you know, female boxing has been prominent in those bubbles. I mean, we seen Michaela Mayer fight a couple of times on that Las Vegas bubble and her last fight winning the mm-hmm. WBO 130 pound title and, and Eddie Hearn putting on, a number of fights and signing, signing fighters. I mean, I don't know if there's any other promoter out there that has been announcing how many fighters they've signed male or female during the COVID-19. I mean, in the last month, month and a half, um, no, actually in the last, what do you want to say? The last, since the summer, uh, Eddie Hearn has signed three female World champions during COVID nineteen. Yeah. Who is? Yeah, Eero it was Maeda Hamadouche. Um, and now you know, Kyun Choi. You know, going back to when um, Top Rank put when they were putting their fights every um, during the week on ESPN. I mean, that was just it was a blessing. I know a lot of us felt great that we got to watch great fights for free. And then when they had um, Michaela on one of those, I mean, that was a great feeling. It was a great fight, and then that was it. Like, that was all we got. And, and they haven't – Top Rank says they have the first lady. Well, they only have one. Well, they had – Michaela Mayer. Well, and they also had uh, uh, Kim Clavel. Let's not forget Kim Clavel. Yeah, and Kim Clavel. It was so exciting and a great feeling. And then that was it. And it's like, um, you know, they're going to be having, from now to the end of the year, a couple – I mean, I don't, I'm not exactly sure on the amount of fights. I'd read it was like a couple hundred, but there was no female fights on top rank for the rest of the year. Well, no, now they're not because top rank, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Top rank is, is only has that one female fighter, which is Michaela Mayer and yeah. they have Kim Clavel. I don't know what turned out with Kim Clavel. If they ended up wanting to sign her, maybe she didn't want to sign, but we never really heard. There was a big, strong rumor that Kim Clavel was going to sign with top rank. It was going to become the yeah. second woman signed under their banner. And then all of a sudden that fizzles out. Also, I don't want to forget yeah. that golden boy and the zone also had a great female fight between um uh Marlene Esparza and Sulem Morbina yeah. 
during their bubble as well. So let's not forget that one either. Yeah. But yeah, we won't, so, we won't forget them at all. You know, yeah. I do want to add um, add to this, and I, I don't want to name names, um, but we know, you know, some of the girls, some of the women, I, um, <laughs> who they sound more bitter on social media, you know, and and we come to find out, like we know that they missed their opportunities. You know, they had some mm. opportunities, maybe some offers that they and their team did not choose to um, say yes to and sign the contract. And now we're seeing years later or a little while later that they're the loudest mouths out there and very bitter. And I can understand why they're bitter, but they made the choice to pass on opportunities that would have advanced the sport. It would have advanced their own careers. And now I, we see them out there. They're bitter, but we know why. And I don't want to mention names, but, you know, they missed their chances. Let me let me touch on that subject because I I understand what you're saying and I agree with you and I, that's something that I've said maybe not in public but I say it to it privately to different people in the boxing world and and one of the things that I mean I totally understand where Heather Hardy and these other women who who where they're coming from and who have been in the sport for so long and have shed sweat, blood, and tears, blood, sweat, and tears for this sport for little or literally no money, okay? I understand that, but but right now, the wave that female boxing is on right now, I mean, it's getting better and better. I cannot, I can't think of a better time before this for female boxing. I mean, we have the pioneers and all that, and we have, you know, the ladies mm-hmm. in the 40s and the 50s. And and then we had, you know, like in the 80s and in the 90s with Christy Martin and Mia St. John. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but it was only one. It was Chris, it was Chris and Leila Ali. We had Leila Ali, and then we had Christy Martin, and now we had and we had Mia St. John. Now, I mean, off the top of our heads, we could probably name 10, 15, 20 prominent bo- female fighters, you know, that that at least us, we're they're recognizable and they're recognizable to a lot of boxing fans, you know, in the United States. Yeah. You know, they might they not might be all American like Katie Taylor and and uh, and Maiva Hamadouche or or Terry Harper or uh, Mariana Juarez or Jackie Nava, but but people across the border and in other parts of the world recognize these female fighters. Okay, so I understand that. I understand that. Like you mentioned, you mentioned the word bitter. That they're bitter. That the time wasn't this time that's happening right now. The wave that's happening right now wasn't when they were in their best moment of their careers and now they feel like the wave has passed on by okay i understand that and that's and that's natural and but one thing that i also took uh that i didn't really agree with with heather hardy said was that that eddie hearn is a promoter and that he's supposed to know how to promote the fighters and that it shouldn't be the promote the the fighters job to promote themselves but let me give you an example of somebody that it wasn't her job to promote herself, but she saw that nobody was going to do it for her. So if nobody was going to do it for her, she was going to take the bull by the horns and do it herself. And that's Mariana La Barbie Juarez. And she's been on the show with us before, and she gave us her whole story of how when she started, she will go out and look for press and say yes to everything, any radio interview, any newspaper, any magazine. And this is before Mm -hmm. social media, before Facebook, where you could sit, before Instagram, 
where you could sit in your living room and just turn on your phone and, and point it at your face, and you could give content to a reporter or a website or anything like that. This is when you had to get on the phone or go and see somebody mm-hmm. and get interviewed and go on TV when we're given the opportunity. And she has been a self-promoter for years and years and years from the beginning of her career. And what does that lead to? Well, inside the ring, it led for her to be popular enough to get opportunities for world titles where she's won world titles in three different divisions. And as of right now, at least before her loss, she's probably the best paid female, the best paid Mexican female fighter in history. And so if nobody's doing it for you, you can't just say, and I'm not saying that Heather Hardy sits on her, sits on, uh, sits down and just expects everything to happen because we know that Heather Hardy is a big ticket seller in in New York and yeah. in Brooklyn and other places. But that's not enough to get to the place where like a Katie Taylor has been, is or where a Clarissa Shields is at. You know, to make that kind of money, Katie Taylor's making if not close to a million dollars, over a million dollars. Um, you know, um, K- uh, Clarissa Shields is making. I would imagine, I think, at least half a million dollars, four hundred thousand dollars per fight, at least in her recent yeah. fight. So, you know, being popular in New York and 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 and, uh, and, and Brooklyn is one thing, but being that and Barbie, Barbie's not making what Cater Taylor's making, and he's she's not making what Clarissa Shields is making, but she's making more than any other Mexican female fighter out there, and she worked hard for it. She worked and worked yeah. and worked for it, and. I mean, if nobody's going to do it for you, you got to do it yourself. And that's basically what Eddie Hearn is saying. He's like saying, hey, I got Anthony Joshua. I got all these other fighters. I mean, I wish I could do it for all my guys, but you guys have to help me out sometimes too. And I think that's what he's he's trying to say. You know, I mean, that's the way yeah. that I see it because he's done a great job with uh, Katie Taylor, brought her over to the United States, had her fight in a prominent Irish town like Boston, and got the fans behind her on this side of the pond and then with Ireland and England. And now she's come. I mean, her fight this weekend around the world drew, drew 2 million viewers more than the Terrence Crawford fight. So somebody's doing something. So, uh, so anything else that you wanted to add there before we go to the next, uh, the next uh, piece of fight chatter? Yeah, real quick. uh, A couple things. So, one example um, on a smaller scale is Ebony Bridges, and we all know how she went yeah. on social mm-hmm. media, and she ended up. Uh, it's too bad she got hurt, and she was she was supposed to fight Rachel Ball, but she's another example. She got a lot of flack for that, and people and people saying she only got it because of her looks. She only did. She went out there and did it. I mean, she's got four fights, and she went out. So that's one great example of doing it yourself, going on every show. She answers. I watch her social media. She answers. Every comment mm-hmm. goes on every mm-hmm. show, big and small. You know, and look, also, I'm not a big. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought, and then I'll no. give you my my. Well, I'm not. I, I, I and I I kind of expressed it on here before, and I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of female fighters using any fighter because we could we could lump Ryan Garcia into into the the conversation too. But we're talking female boxing here. I'm not a big fan of female fighters using their looks. To in that way, I rather for a female fighter, and this is just my opinion, my personal opinion, but that a female fighter will see herself first as a fighter and then as a female mm-hmm. fighter, whereas other women, other fighters see themselves as females first and then they sell that so they could get um, 
popularity as a fighter. Like Jackie Nava, mm-hmm. she's always been a fighter first, and she doesn't really yeah. do the kind of stuff that other female fighters do. Hey, but if it works for you like it does for Ebony Bridges, and it worked for Mariana Juarez, because Mariana Juarez was in Mexican Playboy. And that's one of the reasons that she's so very popular right now is because she put herself out there and she said, if this is going to help my career, and obviously they mm-hmm. paid her, and it's going to help my career, then I'm going to go out there on my birthday suit, you know? But I don't agree yeah. with that. But if that's what you're going to do and it's going to work for you, all power to you, okay? I'm not going to say that you... Same thing. Mia St. John Mia St. John, yeah. Boston gloves around her chest. I mean... You know, whatever. That's, um, I yeah, that, that's not like. Go ahead, go ahead, Lupi. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna add. Um, in addition to all that, like uh, the beauty of, of I'm gonna say female boxing because sometimes it does fit when you say female boxing, is that um the, you know the pioneers are just that, and if you're on the later end of it, like say Heather Hardy, I mean she's, if you're on the later end of it, you have to remember that. You're still, you know, everybody under you is now reaping what, you know, you helped pave the way. And there's there's a role model for everybody. So, you know, Clarissa Shields, she looks up to the ones that came before her. And then the, the elites and the amateur elites look up to Clarissa Shields and Michaela Mayer. The youth and junior, they look up to the elites. You know, the eight and nine-year-olds, they look up to the youth and junior. It just, it's like a scale. So it's it's a great time for female boxing right now which also means it's a great time for boxing right now. You know what I mean? Like, you can use yeah. that female in there because we have to sometimes. There's nothing yeah, wrong I with mean, being a woman. You know what? There's going to be – I mean, there's a lot of boxing fans that don't like female boxing. They're like, I don't – and writers and people, the media and promoters and managers and, and whoever you want – whoever's involved in boxing, there's people out there that don't like – female boxing. They don't want to see two women hit each other in the face. They feel that the talent pool is not there yet, so they can't they can't enjoy it. Whatever the case may be, that's fine, you know. Female boxing right now is not on par with male boxing. I mean, that's just the truth. So, hopefully and hopefully and we're here as a in the as a two minute round betting on that that it's going to be at one point on par. We're we're not gonna see a difference between a female boxer and a male boxer. But right now there is a difference. So I don't see the problem of differentiating it with female boxing because at least in a certain way you're putting emphasis that this is something new, that this is something different. And this is to me and for Lupi I'm sure and David and a lot of of us that like female boxing and and and, and um and that this is the future. I personally, I personally, I really think about, I don't care who's fighting. If there's not a female fight on the card, it makes me think twice when there was no pandemic. It makes me really think twice if I want to go to the fight. Now, if there's a female yeah. fight on the card, then I definitely go. Like if I'm on the fence yeah, yeah. and there's a female mm-hmm. fight, I go. And if there is no female fight, then I'm like, oh, maybe I don't want to go. You know, here in Tijuana, yeah. here in Tijuana, uh, where I live, they're starting to open up boxing. They've been opening up. They've been having it, but they're having it behind closed doors. Fortunately for me, I know practically every promoter that works in Tijuana. So if I send a message and say, hey, can I go to your fight, even though it's behind closed doors, obviously following the protocols, mask, and, and social distancing, and hygiene, and all that, they allow me to go. If there's no female yeah. fight on the card here in Tijuana, I don't even bother. 
you know. And there's a fight card next weekend on on the 28th, which is featuring like three or four fights, including Merari Vivar. I'm I'm like it's like Christmas for me. Yeah. I'm so excited to go to that fight card because there's gonna be like two or three female fights on that card, you know. Yeah. So that's I'm just jealous. me. I'm jealous. Yeah, that's that's just yeah. me. And I know that there's other f- uh, boxing fans out there that that are like that too. And then there's other boxing fans that are, they'll go to the fight card and when the women's fight is happening, they'll go get their beer and they'll go to the bathroom or whatever. And that's their prerogative. Yeah. But I believe, and I, I know you believe that in that so distant future, it's going to be less and less people that are going to go get that beer and that, and that, or go to the restroom while that female fight's going to happen because they're going to be excited about that female fight as well. You know? Oh, yeah. Hey, can I share a personal story really quick? So sure, when, go. Because um, this kind of fits. So uh, when Martha Salazar, the heavyweight, um, former WBC champ, when she fought Sonia Lamanakis, and this was mm-hmm. in Sacramento before she won that WBC um, belt, and my sister was her manager and trainer, and my sister had her in a – she designed her, her uh, outfit. And she had her in this beautiful white um, outfit that had the I remember that. Kind of like the flapper. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, Martha looked at her and said, I'm not wearing that. I don't – that's not how I dress. That's not what I wear. And Blanca says, you're uh, going to wear it. You know, it was be- – I mean, because you hear you have this heavyweight, and then you have her in this beautiful outfit. It looked – not only did she look great and she looked like a woman, but – She's a heavyweight, and she beat the hell out of Sonia Lamanakis. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, it's, it, it just, it reminded me of our conversation right now, just to bring that up, because, yeah, she's a, a woman heavyweight, and she looked at, and, you know, that's just the way it is. And when you're the manager, you kind of, a smart manager, you throw all those little pieces in there, because you are a woman, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being a woman in the sport. Exactly. And, 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 and we should and be like, proud of the difference. And like we're saying, it's getting better and better and better. And moving on to that better and better, since Katie Taylor's exceptional uh, performance this past Saturday in London and viewed by over 2 million people around the world on the Zone and Sky Network, the Irish 34-year-old has been positioned in the top spot in the current pound-for-pound list by both the Ring Magazine and ESPN.com. Taylor dethroned the current unified super welterweight champion Clarissa Shields on both lists with the American now at number two. As of now, Shields does not have an official fight program. So Clarissa went on her social media because a lot of people were expecting it. And I'll be honest, I was one of them <laughs> that was, expe- was waiting to see what Clarissa was going to answer once she saw the list. And and uh, she was very gracious. She said, you know, I, there's no there's no jealousy on my part. When I have my fight, we're going to switch uh, positions, which more than likely can happen depending on her performance against, ho- hopefully the fight's still going to happen at one point or another before the end of the year against, which I don't know if it will because we're almost upon December, but and we, have, yeah. we, haven't, we don't have an official uh, announcement, but it will be uh, Marie-Yves Carey, the IBF super welterweight champion who has been on our show. If Clarissa Shields beats her in a convincing fashion, um, then, yeah, she deserves to be back at number one in the eyes of many because Katie Taylor, even though she looked great, she beat an undefeated fighter, but if she was, but Marie, Miriam Gutierrez wasn't a, um, a, a world champion at the time. 
you know. Um, now, what did you think of uh, what do you think of Katie Taylor being on top of both lists? Of, of how, why she went from number two to number one on both lists, and what do you think of Shields' uh, response to to the news? You know, I think I wouldn't have moved her to number one after this fight, but that being said, she should have probably been number one before this. Mm-hmm. But after this one fight, I probably would have waited till Clarissa Shields fought again to move it. But I did say that she probably should have been number one any before it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought uh, Clarissa's um, comment was I, everybody was expecting it. I was looking at uh, comments on Twitter and people were like, cue Clarissa's bitter tweet in three, two. I mean, there was like that. Everyone thought. <laughs> so, she had a great response. She really yeah. did. I think she, she responded to somebody else. Didn't she? Um, well, she did comment. She Later, she did comment to, she made a, a comment to the Ring Magazine of the fact that when she was announced as the number one pound-for-pound fighter on the Ring Magazine list, that in the picture, in the photograph, in the image that they put on the article, they put her and Cecilia Breakhouse together, whereas, whereas now oh. that they announced Katie Taylor as the number one, they only put up an image of Katie Taylor not sharing it with anybody else. So that Clarissa Shields took took a little offense to that and said that, you know, she asked the Ring Magazine not to play favorites as far as the image. I don't know how much importance. I mean, does it really does it really mean that they're playing favorites because 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 they put Katie Taylor. Maybe they felt that that the news of Katie Taylor dethroning Clarissa Shields on the pound for pound list was big news. And they only decided to put Katie Taylor's picture. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have time to come up with an image of two fighters together. I don't know. I don't see that. I don't put that much importance on, on that and, and, and go to the extreme that the ring magazine is playing favorites. Do you Lupe? No, I don't think so. I mean, you're only good whoever picked the picture and maybe that person did, but it is big news that Katie is number one. And the bigger news will be when Clarissa has her fight and if she can take that number one spot. So it throws a little bit more excitement into the into the uh, rating, rankings. Actually, Clarissa's been a little quiet, like more... You know what? I, so. I kind of sense, sense from Clarissa that... I mean, and this is just me talking because I follow her on social media, and I I follow her on Twitter, and I follow her on Instagram, and I'm I'm seeing everything that she's posting, and uh, I saw her like not too long ago, and I don't know if you saw that post that she kind of kind of wanted to give an explanation to her fans of why she hasn't fought. She said that in the, she said in the post that uh, she keeps training and that there's some issues going on with the promoters. Obviously, this fight against Mary Eve DeCarey was supposed to happen um, back in, um, in, uh, in May, and because of the pandemic, it hasn't been able to happen. Um, so she kind of told them that she's still training and, and, and stuff like that. But I'm kind of starting to get a little bit of a, like a feeling that she's frustrated. Um, yeah. She's frustrated that she cannot get – that her team, including Mark Taffet, who's been on the show, and Dimitri Salita, her promoter, Mark Taffet, her manager, that they just can't put something together. The last time we heard of something 
was that Dana White was jumping onto the picture and be and using that fight as her debut fight for uh for Sufa Boxing. He's been threatening to debuting yeah. his uh his promotional company, boxing promotional company for years, and that was gonna be the fight, and now it looks like they're having issues with that too. So I think they're yeah. a little frustrated and there's really nothing there's nothing going on until they figure out when and where and what platform she's going to fight on. Yeah, you know, I was beginning to think that Showtime doesn't care anymore. And it Why don't think they think, do? Yeah, and I was also thinking, does anybody care anymore? You mm. know, I think what happened, um, at, unfortunately, with Ivana, that was not Clarissa's fault. But just having the team members around her who caused all those problems, I mean, did that cause people not to, was that it? Do people care anymore? I mean, do we, do we care anymore? Does Showtime care? Well, here's the problem is the, well, today there was a debut of ring team of of ring city, which is a new boxing show uh, on NBC sports. Um, There's there's some talk there that Jelena Maranovic, the WBC and WBA featherweight champion from Canada, is going to be featured on one of the Ring City's future fight cards. I think in December. Okay, Um, but other than that, what another? What other? Like the Zone, they care. The Zone is broadcasting female boxing, but they're only broadcasting who they're partners with. Golden Boy. And matchroom boxing. Uh-huh. So, what uh-huh. other American platform cares about female boxing that would feature Amanda Serrano, Clarissa Shields, uh, Raquel Miller, uh, 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 Mary McGee, uh, the new what, Kelly Reese, you know, uh-huh. Ava Knight, uh, you know, all these other fighters that deserve to be on American airwaves on a platform or whatever. Oh, and then we have top rank on ESPN, but they only care about one fighter, Michaela Mayer. So what other platform in the United States is going to care about these American fighters? You know, Golden Boy is only going to worry about Zulema Urbina, Señez Estrada, Marlene Esparza, and that's it. You know, top rank is... But but at least least they have those three. You know, at least they have those three. Let's 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 look at something real quick. Let's look at the Ring TV, the Ring TV uh, pound for pound ratings, and let's see who's tied in with who as far as uh, as far as a uh, uh, TV spots where we could watch her fight. Okay, so Katie Taylor, obviously the Zone. She just had a fight over two million viewers on on the Zone. Clarissa Shields, nobody. I mean, right now we don't know on what platform, on what network. We're gonna see Clarissa Shields fight next, okay? Yep. Cecilia Break Cecilia Breakhouse, the Zone. Jessica McCaskill, the Zone. Amanda Serrano. We don't know where we're gonna see Amanda Serrano next, and we don't know what platform we're gonna see her next. Delphine Persoon. She's out in where's she from? Norway or something? Um, I think it's Norway, right? Um, Belgium, Belgium. Belgium. She if she fights, she's gonna be put on Belgium TV, you know. And if she fights a, one of the fighters from the Zone, then she'll fight on the Zone like she did with Katie Taylor. Yeah. But other than that, we're not gonna see her. Jessica Tutti Box yeah. from Argentina. She has a uh, 
she has a, a contract with a, a national Argentinian TV, but I don't believe, I think Argentina is starting to pick up now. They're starting to make fights. In, in fact, Marcos yeah. Maidana, the former champion, is a promoter now. He just signed, like we announced on our last show, Erika Farias, and he's, he's having fights on TV. So if Tutipop gets to fight, more than likely it's going to be seen in Argentina. But the last fight that Marcos Maidana had, it was actually broadcast in Mexico on ESPN Deportes. And there's a channel in Mexico and in, 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 in Latin America, in other countries, Latin America, it's called, well, it's ESPN in Spanish, but the show is called ESPN Knockout, and it's boxing, and they show a lot of fights on there. And they showed those fights from Argentina that Marcos Maidana uh, put on this last weekend. So if Tutti Bob did he have any fight, did he have any women? No, he didn't have any women yet. But we we should expect Erika Farias on there soon, you know, because he just signed there. Yeah. Now Tutti Bob, I know she signed to another promoter, but if they could work something out, maybe she could fight there, and we could at least see it in Latin America. Maybe not United States, but at least Latin America. Daniela Bermudez from Argentina as well. Her fights are featured in Argentina all the time. She was supposed to fight in Russia. Her dad got COVID nineteen. Um, but as a right now in the United States, we can't see her. Marcela Acuña, Argentina as well. Obviously, her fights are broadcast in Argentina, but in the United States, we can't see her. And then Micaela Mayer, obviously, she's featured on ESPN predominantly. So that is the Ring uh, Magazine's uh, top 10 pound for pound. Now, moving on to ESPN pound for pound rankings, which is a little different than um, – the rings, we got Katie Taylor, number one, The Zone, Clarissa Shields, we don't know. Amanda Serrano, number three, which is different than, than The Ring. The Ring has Cecilia Breakhouse, number three. And then we have Jessica McCaskill, number four, The Zone. Cecilia Breakhouse, number five at the ESPN, which is uh, The Zone. Delphine Persoon, number six. And then, surprisingly, shockingly, without reason, <laughs> they have number seven, Christina yeah. Hammer, you know, Christina Hammer, I think she's fought once since that loss against uh, Clarissa Shields, right? And I think it was like an eight-rounder back home somewhere yeah. in Europe. Then we have number eight, Mikaela Mayer, who we can see through ESPN. And then number nine, they have Terry Harper, which we could see on The Zone. And then number 10, they have Daniela Bermudez, who obviously we just talked about that. In Argentina, you could see her fights, but not in mm-hmm. – um, in the United States. So out of the, I would say one, Kate, one, Cecilia Brickhouse, two, Jesse McCaskill, the 10 fighters on the top 10 for, um, for, uh, the ring magazine, three of them out of the seven, oh, three of them you can see on the zone. And then the other one, Michaela Mayer, you can see on ESPN. And then the rest of them, as of right now, we got no platform for any of them. And that includes Clarissa yeah. Shields and Amanda Serrano. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but I thought, oh. wasn't Amanda at one point not not signed to match him, but well, maybe signed for a fight, right? She what had three fights. She had a three-fight contract. She had a three-fight okay. contract with The Zone, with Matchroom Boxing. Well, it was with Matchroom Boxing, but obviously she was going to be broadcast on The Zone. She was she fought twice on The Zone, Um and the understanding of the contract was the third fight was going to be against Katie Taylor, but it didn't happen, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that contract is now null and void. And it didn't happen because of the pandemic. Remember, it was supposed to be in the summer, and then they couldn't yeah. get together because of the pay, because they were trying to – because 
Eddie Hearn was trying to maybe cut the the. Remember that happened like four or five months ago. They were trying to cut Amanda yeah. Serrano's pay, and and then they said and they Lou weren't going to cut it. And, something. Yeah. Yeah. There was something with Lou DiBella where he she came out and said he was. Yeah. It was yeah that was got a little crazy. So yeah, so she was on the zone too, but now that that contract I believe is null and void. So so hopefully. Hopefully, when the pandemic ends, hopefully in 2021, sometime in 2021, or, I mean, God forbid, 2022, things could get a little bit better. Or if the if this ring city that is happening on NBC Sports starts featuring um, female fights, which we believe they are, at least they're going to start a little bit, and that if they're open to promoters, to other promoters, being a part of it and they don't just stay with one promoter, then we can start uh-huh. seeing maybe Lou DeBella can work some magic there or Dimitri Salida or somebody can work some magic so well, we can see Clarissa Shields or something. You know, on that Ring City, the NBC Sports, um, the future of the heavyweight division, uh, Danielle Perkins. Oh, yeah. We interviewed her on Fresh Faces. She's going to be mm-hmm. fighting on that December 3rd and she's uh, with Mark Taffet now. So Yeah. There's a relationship. There's one, and there's Jel- Jelena. So, well, let's see. Let's let's, let's let's yeah, but let's not let's not jump because we don't because I know that there was other fights on that fight card because I was watching it before the show started. I was watching the broadcast, and um, yeah, I know there was other fights on that on that broadcast that were not televised um oh, on the show. Okay. There was only two fights, so she might be fighting on the card, but they might but not, not tell. Yeah, because it might be a four-rounder, and they might not want to show. Unless there's a knockout, and they could show us. No, they've bout. been advertising it. They've been talking They've been about advertising it. her? Yeah, they interviewed um, Danielle Chambers, and it'll be oh. her second fight. I thought and Danielle Perkins. They, so, Is Danielle it Perkins, Perkins Chambers? Chambers, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. No, uh, it's Danielle Perkins Chambers, so D okay, Perkins. Okay, okay. So, they have been. They interviewed her, and that was out, so she's on. Mm. And it, okay, this that's is the great. same one, right, that this is the same one you guys said was going to be on LA and it was going to be like on the sidewalk, it's right? Just, You're on the street. It's, you know, it's, it's in the, actually I saw it and it's in the back parking lot of the wild card gym. And actually the production value is awesome. Not only, Bob Papa is one of the commentators who is a very, it's very respectable, very knowledgeable, a lot of experience, but the color, the, the, you know, they always have to have a boxer there for like color commentary or, or, or whatever the case, or mm-hmm. uh, no uh, analysis, it's Sean Porter, okay? <gasps> oh, it, nice. Yeah, it's Sean Porter. Great. No, but what what I liked about it is that it's outside, and you know how before the fight starts, they start talking about the fighters, and they might show a little bit of clips of what the fighter does inside the ring, so you can start kind of getting uh-huh. ready of what you're gonna see. So they have it. They're 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 showing the clips on the on a big wall, like 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 if it was like a movie. So. Sean Porter and Bob oh, Papa wow. turn turn around and they're looking at it on the it's being projected behind them on a big wall and they're seeing the clips on there. That was pretty awesome. That was pretty smart because it's outside That's and cool. yeah, and the parking lot is surrounded by buildings of the wild hey, card can gym. Can we see that? Can we see it from the sidewalk? Like if we wanted to be spectators, can we kind now, of get a feel for it? Or well, okay. I'll tell you this. I've been I've been to the wild card gym. I've been to that back. I've been to that uh, parking lot in the back, and there is a chinkling fence around that parking lot. Okay, but and then technically you could unless they block it off, 
technically you could stand on that sidewalk and watch it through the chain link fence, but I don't know if they're covering. I wasn't able to see because it was dark. I, I wasn't able to see if they were covering the chain link fence with like some fabric or some kind of material so that you wouldn't uh-huh. be able to see it from the outside. You know? Okay. So I don't know, but I know there is a chain link fence that goes around that parking lot at the Walker Gym. Oh, because I'm going to be at my mom's sometime around that the 17th for Helena uh-huh. murder, uh, her fight, and I was thinking maybe I'll just go and let yeah, yeah get well, out of let's, the sidewalk. Let's see, let's see if uh, let's see if certain people that we know can pull some strings, and maybe we can even get there as press because obviously we are press here at the two minute round, and uh, maybe we could get in there and uh, and watch that fight because I am very interested in watching that fight as well. Let's move on to the next. Yeah. Uh, to the next tidbit here. This past week, promotional company Matchroom Boxing of Eddie Hearn announced the exclusive signing of current undefeated WBA Super Featherweight Champion Hyun Min Choi of South Korea. Choi joins a stable that also includes WBC Super Featherweight ch- uh, Champion Terry Harper and IBF Queen Haiva Hamadouche. It was reported Mi Choi is currently training in the United States for her next fight, and according to Hearn, she would defend her title before the end of the year before looking for a unification fight in 2021. So not only is Eddie Hearn, Lupi, giving us, giving women the opportunities to fight on, on, on fight cards, on major fight cards, being broadcast all over the world on The Zone, and, and actually The Zone actually opened up to about 200 other countries as of December 1st, it's opening up to about 200 other countries. So all those people that uh, get the zone in all those countries like Mexico and Australia and other countries are going to be able to watch these fights. Um, he's also trying to provide her, his fighters. And in this case, I want to believe it's Terry Harper. She's, she's the English fighter and, and, um, and, the first fighter that he signed of all this bunch opponents. So he's signing her future opponents to see if she could unify the, the, yep. the world titles at 130, you know? So he went after Eva Bronica and obviously the idea mm-hmm. was for her to unify with Terry Harper, but the w, well, top rank got in there and called the WBO and asked them to mandate, uh, Michaela Mayer as the, as the, uh, mandatory challenger for Bronica. So that kind of got into the plans. But then after that, he went after Haima Hamadouche, who is IBF champion, mm-hmm. and now he signed the WBA champion in Huming Choi. Yep. So that is something that not even Top Rank was willing to do for Mikaela yep. Mayer. Top Rank, I mean, they might have gone after them, but they didn't give enough of, a, of an offer for them to sign, and they ended up signing with the zone. I mean, how big is it? How big is it for Eddie Hearn to go out to South Korea and find a fighter that a lot of us didn't even believe she existed because she had never fought in the United <laughs> States. You know, we never seen her fight out of South Korea. There's really not that much videos of her on YouTube. So how? Actually, I know how. There's actually she has an agent here in the United. States. Actually, he's an agent. His name is Paco Damian. He's a promoter uh, out there in Sacramento called Paco Presents. And I think he's yeah. her agent. He's her agent here in the United. In the he's her agent. Human Choice agent. So I think that he was the one that put Human Choice together with um, Eddie Hearn. But Eddie Hearn went out and found her through Paco Damian or in South Korea and signed her. 
and now he's going to give her a fight. We're going to finally be able to see what she's made of. And and then she also has Haiva and uh, Maiva, I'm sorry, Maiva and Terry Harper, who looked great. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And uh, and he's making it happen. You know, Mikaela Mayer, I, I'm surprised that Top Rank is not ready to make that type of investment in female boxing, whereas Eddie Hearn is, Lupi. You know, um, you know what I think? I think Eddie's trying to ace Michaela out for now. Mm-hmm. He can only he can only ace her out for a while, you know. Uh, and now, I mean, she isn't going to be able to fight for a while now that he has uh, Maiva and and he and me. And regardless regardless of her broken hand, Terry's broken hand. Yeah. You know. But um, I am good friends with uh, Rosie Ramirez at Apaco Presents. I might have to have a little discussion about what's happening. Hey. There you go. And if you could any way, shape, or form secure an interview with us with Human Choi, you would be the co-host of the year of the two minute round. Okay. Yeah, Rosie, Rosie Ramirez at Apocalypse Presents. She's one uh, at part of our beautiful brothers team. <laughs> you 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 get that interview with and it, I don't believe I don't know if she speaks English, but you get that interview with Human Choi and a translator. I would personally make you a trophy and send it out to you that says Two Minute Round Co-host of the Year. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. I, I hear I'm saying it on the air, episode number ninety nine. You get that interview for us, <laughs> I make you a co host of the year trophy. I'm excited. So there you go. You know, seriously, Eddie Hearn is like, I mean, does is he really trying to ace Michaela out? Does he hate her that much? Did she talk too much smack on Twitter? What happened? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't don't think there's a reason why. I think Michaela Mayer has always been respectful towards Eddie Hearn. What I've seen, because I follow her as well on, yeah, Instagram and Twitter, and I've seen her, you know, post and everything. Now, that respect starts and ends with Eddie Hearn. When it, when it's a matter of uh, Terry Harper, there's no respect there. But as a promoter, yeah. as Eddie Hearn, um, that's what you want. You want somebody that's going to go out there and say the things that are going to get people excited about the fight. And Mikaela Mayer mm-hmm. and Terry Harper are saying it. You know, Mika, Terry Harper says, yeah. I'm going to punch you soon in the face. You know, yeah. and Terry Har- Terry Harper said that after her last fight, and and uh, mm-hmm. and Mer- Mikel Amir says, "Bring it on!" And you want that as a promoter because that only excites the people about that fight. But you are absolutely right that Eddie Hearn, as of right now, controls the 135 30 130 pound division because he has the three champs, and they could fight round robin within themselves. You know, and ice because. Michaela Mayer, the only fight, the only reason she fought Eva Bronica is because the WBO mandated Bronica to do so, or else mm-hmm. she would have fought, she would have lost her title. So at least she came over, she made some money, and she fought for the title. She lost it on the scale, and then she ended up losing the fight. But if she would have won, Michaela Mayer would have been out of the picture because now he would have had yeah. all the four champions, mm-hmm. and he could have done whatever he wanted. But now it's going to be an issue of. It's going to be an issue of how much does Terry Harper wants to unify 
the 130-pound division or, wh- or whoever wins the titles. It could be Maiva Hamadouche or it could be Hume It can be. Because, it can be. Yeah. yeah she'll, she'll get well, – I'm just um, – in my opinion, she'll get human Choi. But Maiva, I mean, that's a tough fight. Just like Mikaela will be a hard, tough fight. So yeah. once she gets but, to Maiva – Yeah. But I, I think know. that I think the mayor is gonna have to wait. Now, mm-hmm. I think Michaela Mayor is gonna have to wait to see what happens between those three fighters and who comes out on top. And then whoever that fighter is is gonna be able to tell Eddie Hearn, okay, I got the three belts. I want Mayor. I want Mayor. I want the WBO. I want to unify. And obviously, it's gonna bring a lot of money, you know. But who's gonna have the upper hand? It's gonna be that fighter that has those three belts, and Mayer's mm-hmm. gonna have to go to wherever that fighter wants her to go. Because there's no reason right now to have Terry Harper fight Mayer or and have her lose. Because Eddie Hearn would rather Eddie Hearn would rather have his fighters lose the belts to another fighter that he controls versus mm-hmm. having them lose the title to one that he doesn't, which is Michaela Mayer. So now top rank, top rank has to keep Mayer busy while this whole round robin between Hamadouch, Mi Choi, and Harper goes down. And like you mentioned, it might take a while because Harper broke his her broke her right hand in her last fight. Mm-hmm. So, but it becomes very interesting, and and I can't wait. I mean, I would say, I mean, I would say that the 130 pound division is probably the most exciting in female boxing right now. Do you agree? It is most Yeah, I do agree. You know, um, Natasha Jonas, I don't know if you know this, but she, you know, it was written in the contract to have um, the rematch for Terry. But Natasha mm-hmm. Jonas, she refused the contract offer recently. They gave it to her. Wow. She refused it. I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. That's it's pretty very cool. exciting. It is yeah. very exciting. Who's to say? Because, like, in, in this statement, Eddie Hearn said that, that Mean Choi is going to defend her title before the end of the year before looking for a unification fight in 2021. Because maybe many people thought that she was going to fight Hamadouch next, and that's why she got signed to the zone, to Matchroom. But that's not the case, because Hearn has said that she's going to defend her title and then in 2021 look to unify. So who's to say that she doesn't fight Natasha Jonas? Um, maybe, the, maybe, maybe the offer for Mean Choi... Will, I mean, the offer for Joan, Jonas against Meet Choi will be better than what it was for Harper, one, which I doubt because Harper can sell, and two, why would Jonas say no to that when if she beats Meet Choi, who could be considered an easier fight, she becomes a world mm-hmm. champion anyways with the WBO, yeah. WBA title. So, very, very hey, interesting. Go hey, ahead. Did you see that? Did you see that tweet by Maeva Hamadou saying thank you, Eddie Hearn, for um, securing the fight with uh, Hyun Min Choi? So no, but that, that was, was her. That tweet. was her. Like that was just. I've seen other people ask me about that, and I personally don't believe a fight is official until the promoter set, set, puts out a press release. Whereas okay. us as press, we receive uh, the press releases right from officially mm-hmm. from Golden Boy and Top Rank and whoever the case may be. But I yeah. think that. But I think Ham, Maiva Hamadouz was being sarcastic, like saying, "Hey, good job, Eddie Hearn. You just signed Mean Choi, and you you just you just got me my okay. next fight because that's who I want to fight, you know." So mm-hmm. I think he yeah. was just kind of trying to be like funny and sarcastic. 
but I don't think that's the official fight. And from Hearn, this is an official statement from Stern stating that she's going to defend her title and then look for a unification fight in 2021. Okay. So I believe that David is going to be a little bit busy. I don't know if he's going to have a chance to call in. So let's go ahead and move on to the fight results that happened uh, in the last couple of weeks. Moving on to Friday, November 6th, from St. Petersburg, Florida, on the Impact Network, Kaylee Reese scored unanimous decision over Candy Wyatt in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBA 140-pound title. The scores there were 97-93, 97-92, and 96-94. Lupe, I didn't get a chance to watch this fight. I, I don't have the Impact Network. I never even heard of it. I tried looking for it. I couldn't find it. David, that same day, was telling me he was sending me links and that you had to put in a credit card and it wasn't working and all kinds of, of crazy stuff going on. So I, I ended up not seeing it live. I tried try to see if somebody had put it up there on YouTube or something like that and nothing. Did you yeah. by chance get to you see know, the fight? I saw a little bit of it. It was up on uh, Laura Ramsey um, uh, world champion. She has, she had a fighter on there, Carice Brown, who's just, it was her second fight and she had it, but it was just so shaky and I ended up just seeing like the last round. And from what I could see from the last round, Callie was fit. Callie was focused. Callie was just, Picking shot. It, it, she looks really good. You know, she looks really good. And I, I'm really happy for Kelly because she deserves to be out there. I mean, she's one of the best out there and probably one of the one of the fighters who's being um, avoided the most. So it's great to see her out there with a the championship belt and ready to just get in the mix again. Well, then, you know, she, she, she uh, captures a world title and the other champions in that weight class is the WBC. Um, well, let's let's take a look at it because I mean, I, I know who it is. I mean, the IBF is Mary McGee, but the WB the the WBC is it the WBC and the WBO was that um um Jessica McCaskill? I thought she was a WBA, but let me let me check real quick. Give me one second. Oh, One second here. Are we talking 140? What was that last? Yeah, 140. 140. Let me see. Um, the 140 is okay. So 140 is the WBA is vacant. So actually, actually, from what I'm seeing here, um, Jessica McCaskill is not. I think she she uh she vacated the titles. She actually vacated the titles, and now she's only the welterweight champion. So Jessica McCaskill is obviously the welterweight champion, the undisputed, uh, um, the undisputed unified welterweight champion with the WBA, WBC, IBF, and WBO. But at 140, the WBA is not vacant anymore because uh, they haven't updated this list right here, but it's not vacant anymore because Callie Reese is the one for the WBA. The WBC is um, Chantel Cameron, the WBO is Christina Linardar, and the IPF is Mary McGee. So, those are great fights. Mary McGee, uh, Kelly Reese, and Christina Linardar, are under the same managerial team, but that shouldn't be a problem of uh, putting that fight together because, in fact, uh, uh, Kelly Reese and Candy Wyatt 
who she beat for the vacant WBA title are under the same managerial team. So if they don't have an issue making the fight between Callie Reese and Candy Wyatt for the vacant WBA title, if the money is right, I don't see why there should be a problem in making the fight between Callie Reese and Christina Lizardo for a unification yeah. fight for the WBA and WBO. Yeah, I don't think um, – but that's not what – I'm speaking for, for Team Empire, but they probably don't want to fight their own – their own fighters, but when nobody steps up or steps up and steps back, you know, you're left matching your own girls. And um, well, Mary, I mean, McGee also, Mary McGee also falls under Team Empire, so there's three. Well, yeah, you just you just reminded me of that as well. But, hey, yeah. you know, if the money's right and and if if Kelly Reese and Christina Leonard are too, and, in, and, and, and at one point Mary McGee don't have an issue and if they and if whatever friendship or camaraderie they might have because of being under the same team is not as important as you know making history and leaving a stamp Mm -hmm. in female boxing and they're willing to unify their titles then why wouldn't the managerial team put something together as long as the money is right for everybody and everybody's willing to do it you know the only one that's out the only one that's out there is Chantel Cameron but she's the one under the zone, so she probably mm-hmm. has she probably has uh, all the cards in her in her side. Being the fact that she's the one with the zone, and they're the ones with the deep pockets. So if she wants to unify, I'm sure that she could get Eddie Hearn to put something together for her um, with um, with uh, with the rest of the champions there. So that's what happened on November. Uh, what was that? November. What was that, six? Six? Okay, and yeah. then we move on right. to Saturday, Saturday, November the 14th from the Wembley Arena in London, England. Matchroom Boxing gave us on the zone the all-female triple header with Katie Taylor scoring a unanimous decision over previously undefeated Miriam Gutierrez in a 10-rounder to defend the WBC, WBA, WBO, and IBF lightweight titles. The scores there were dominant 100 to 90, 189, and 99-91. Lupi, I watched, I rewatched that fight yesterday, and I mean, I was more impressed um, last night when I rewatched it than when I watched it live because now that I knew how the fight ended, I could kind of like pay more attention to what what actually Katie Taylor was doing with her footwork and her punches and her speed and her reaction yeah. and her defense. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think Clarissa Shields is a great fighter. She's a great fighter. But for my money, even before this weekend, the pound-for-pound pound number one is Katie Taylor. Yeah, yeah. You know, that fight, I watched it again, too. So I mean, hey, Gutierrez is all hard, no quit, right? Yeah, all hard, She's so, no quit. Hey, and one thing that we touched on in our private uh, chat that we have there is the difference physically between both women. I mean, Medium Gutierrez is ripped. I mean, her. I mean, I'm I'm not ripped at all. I mean, I have no muscles whatsoever. I mean, I, I don't even know how to move my arms or my legs. Okay, but I mean, I would kill to have Miriam Gutierrez's shoulders, you know, and I'm a guy, yeah. okay? 
I'm a guy, and her shoulders were like, my God, they were like, yeah, and unbelievable. And then on the other, on the other end of the ring, you see Kay Taylor, and then I was looking at her because I was, you know, I have more time to pay attention now that I've seen the fight, and mm-hmm. she has muscles, and her stomach is like. Like she has, you could tell that she has like a, she doesn't have like, like, like a six pack or anything, but you could tell that she's strong, but she's just not cut. It's like not defined, but she has muscles and she's very quick with her legs and with her hands. And she has power because she dropped, um, she dropped uh, medium Gutierrez with a beautiful overhand right in the fourth, at the end of the fourth round. It was so hard and so fast. It was, it was unbelievable. I really like. Katie Taylor's yeah. um, style, and I, I really enjoy watching her fight. Now, before the fight, Katie Taylor mentioned that she was open to fights against Cyborg and Clarissa Shields, that she's open to that. You know, at 34 years old, she's open to a fight against Cyborg, something that has been mentioned in the past, and Clarissa Shields, but she would not go beyond 147, that there's no way that she's going to go past 147 pounds. So that might put a, a kibosh on the Clarissa Shields fight because Clarissa yeah. Shields has stated that there's no way that she could go under 154. Yeah, yeah. I even think she said um, she wouldn't go below 150, and but that was to fight uh, Brackett. And yeah. She was like, we'll meet at 150. Well, she was asking Brackett to go up to 154 because Clarissa Shields was arguing that she was an, that she was really a 168, 160, and that she was willing to go to mm-hmm. 154. So she was asking Brackett to actually go up one division to 154 and meet there. But you can't use the same argument with Taylor because she's at 135. She's gone to 140, and there's mm-hmm. no way that she could go past 147. So if Clarissa yeah. Shields, I don't, I don't know. I mean. I mean, obviously, we've seen that Clarissa Shields is a hard worker, and she's dropped from 168 to 154, which is quite impressive. Another fighter that's been doing that did that as well, and honestly, she looks great. Is um, Maricela Cornejo? You know, she mm-hmm. was at 164. Actually, today I was just I was looking yeah. for stuff on YouTube, and I saw her weigh in against uh, Elisa Olsen at 168, and the the physical difference between Maricela Cornejo at 168 and at 154 is quite astonishing. So. Um, mm-hmm. She's done it. Clarissa Shield has done it as well. But I think to ask Katie Taylor to go to 154, being that she's a natural 135er, and what we just said about her body type, that she doesn't really get cut up and all like that, I don't yeah. think that's something feasible for her. I, I, I even I even question if she could go past 147. I mean, 140, 145. You know. So. Yeah. But that's in the future because she also stated that. She could actually name tame names off the top of her head that would be good fights for her right now. You know, that's what she yeah. stated. I mean, she. I mean, you could have any of those four champions at one at one thirty go up to one thirty five, and that would be those are four already. And then if she goes up to one forty, you could name those other four that we named in yeah. Kelly Reese. Mm-hmm. She could have a rematch yeah. with Christina Leonardo, but I don't think we need to see that again because that was a. You know that was a dominating performance by yeah, Kate Taylor. Yeah, um, we can have her see, we could we could see her the rematch with Jesse McCaskill would be very interesting, and then we could see her with uh, Mary McGee. And obviously, the fight that probably all of Britain wants to see is Chantel Cameron. So yeah, you know Chantel really wants that. She was calling for that on social media a lot during COVID, but she's got to stand alone. She's got to wait. Well, 
maybe Eddie Hearn will do what he needs to do. So that's you know, already. That's and you already... mentioned. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go well, ahead. You mentioned Chris Cyberg. Chris uh-huh. Cyberg walks around supposedly at 145, you know, but there's times Who after weigh-in. I mean, I don't want to see that. Yeah, I mean, really? see, there's so many fights, uh, boxing fights ahead of yeah. Chris Cyberg. Because yeah. Chris, there was one time she fought uh, her MMA at 145, and then after um, weigh-ins, she went up to 170 on one of her matches. So, but you so take away mentioned- her submissions. And you take, so, you know. Yeah, like, who, I, I don't want to see, I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in that whatsoever. But now, we already yeah. mentioned eight. We mentioned Huming Choi, the 130-pounders, 130 Huming Choi, the champs, Huming Choi, Terry Harper, Myra Hamaduchi, Michaela Mayer, three of them under the zone, so it's a doable fight. Mm-hmm. Then we go up mm-hmm. to 140, and we got Kelly Reese, Chantel Cameron, Mary McGee, mm-hmm. and Christina Leonard, mm-hmm. one of them under the zone. And that's already eight mm-hmm. right there. And Christina Lindard, Christina Lindard, too, on the fence because who wants to see that again? I mean, there's no need for it. Then you got yeah. Jessica McCaskill, who is at 147, but I'm sure she'll be willing yeah, to drop to 144 or 145. Um, she's with the zone, so that's easy to be made, too. That's nine that's fighters. The fight and then, for me. well, Jessica. there's one more name, one more name that I would, that. If they could get to an agreement and get to the number and make it happen, that I would be very interested in seeing, and it's Amanda Serrano. So that's 10, 10 off the top of our heads oh, yeah. that, that would be an interesting fight for Chris, Katie Taylor. But does Amanda want – do you think Amanda wants that fight? Seriously, do you think Amanda think, wants a fight? She's a seven-division champion. I know she, you know – I think so. She has I think so. I think so because, because – Okay, so Amanda Serrano, she has the seventh title. She's she's one of the most uh, accomplished Puerto Rican fighters uh, from the island. You know, there's there's these they post these like you know they post her and and Miguel Cotto and other Puerto Rican fighters. And some people have issue with it, but she is a seven division world champion. A lot of those titles can be questioned. You know, they're all by the WBO. Some of them are vacant, but at the end of the day, she has them in her in her living room right now in Brooklyn. So it is what it is. She's also one of the most accomplished uh, U.S. fighters out there. But but do, does anybody say that she's better than Katie Taylor? No. The list don't no. say it. Fans don't say it. So what does a Nobody fighter said. like that, what does a fighter like that, she wants to be, she wants that when we remember this era of female boxing to, for us to say the best fighter in this era was Amanda Serrano. And if she beats Katie Taylor, then you could really argue that, you know? Yeah. So she she wants that fight. She needs that fight for her legacy because she has enough legacy right now. I mean, she's going to be in the Boxing yeah. Hall of Fame when she retires mm-hmm. because of what she has accomplished. Yeah. But are we going to mm-hmm. say that she's the best of this era? Not right now, yeah. you know? But yeah. if she beats Katie Taylor, we might say it. We will say it, yeah. So I think that she does want it, but obviously she also wants to make some money. She wants to get what she thinks is fair, her and her team, and that's what they're fighting for, you know? And to a certain sense, they had agreed to it, and then when the pandemic hit and all that stuff about cutting the purse and all that came to fruition, then, you know, there was reason not to take the fight, and right now we're not at not taking the fight, but hopefully we could get to taking the fight at one point. And another. Also on that card from Wembley Arena, we saw Terry Harper stop the undefeated Katharina Tanders to defend her WBC 130 pound title. 
after breaking her hand, her official time was 1.12. And what I liked about this fight, I watched this one again last night as well. What I like about this fight, Terry, is that, and that's exactly what you need to do, because she is young. She doesn't have a lot of fights, and she is like 23, 24 mm-hmm. years old. So she's still learning on the yeah. job. But we mm-hmm. saw a more disciplined and a different fighter that we saw yeah. against Natasha Jonas. Now, one yeah. thing that we have to mention is that maybe we saw a different fighter because Natasha Jonas imposed her will and her style in their fight, whereas Katharina Tanders was not able to do that. But I did see improvement, more focus, more matureness from um, Terry Harper in this fight than what I saw against Natasha Jones. Jonas, yeah, well, Harper Harper did add a strength and conditioning coach full time. She looks strong really too. Showed. It yeah. really showed. I mean, she looked a lot stronger in this fight than she did with Natasha Jonas. But I'm also like, you know, I was really surprised that Sanders didn't bring more to the fight. I mean, you know, I guess I over I overestimated Sanders and I underestimated Harper. I yeah, mean, I think we Harper did, Sanders, and I think. Yeah, and it and I think it falls down to that 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 age that old saying in boxing that you're only as good as your last fight. So we were we were mm-hmm. expecting that Terry Harper that we saw against against Natasha Jonas, but she completely turned off Katharina Tonders with that um, jab. Her jab was ex- hard jab, fast jab, yeah. exceptional jab, and. Tenders had no no answer for it, absolutely no answer for yeah. it, and she wasn't able to get on the inside, which she needed to do against the taller Harper, and mm-hmm. she just shut her down. She just shut her down. So she now I, I like the way she moved. She con- Sanders continuously moved forward, but she didn't mm-hmm. bring anything with it, you yeah. know. And 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 that jab, it was it was just beautiful. But you know and, what? And, she broke her hand in the fourth. That might have something to do. Yeah. With it. And, Kat, and and Harper was able to notify Tenders, like, coming forward. It's because when she would come forward and get too close, Harper had no issue in taking one step back or moving to the sides to nullify mm-hmm. it. And she did. And then when she got mm-hmm. too close, she would hold, you know? So she yeah. did every, everything textbook to keep Tenders away. And now when you were able to take that away from Tenders, Tenders had nothing left. There was no plan B. And... She ended yeah, up getting stopped. Yeah. And in I the know next she round. got headbutted, right? Was that a headbutt on uh, Sanders when she just, gosh, she stepped mm-hmm. back, got hit in the nose? That was a headbutt, right? I believe so, yes. But regardless yeah. of the headbutt, she wasn't winning. You know, she was. Yeah, no, I mean, there was, regardless it, was, of it was, yeah, it was a dominating performance by Terry Harper. And now with that, it makes the other fights more exciting because now we feel that. Terry Harper maybe can compete with Michaela Mayer mm-hmm. better than yeah. now. Right now, if you ask me if that fight is happening tomorrow, you ask me who's going to win, I'm going to go with Mayer. But it makes it more interesting than it, it makes it more interesting against this Harper than the Harper that we saw against Natasha Jones. Mhm. Yeah. And, and now, lastly, on that card, disappointment. We were expecting Ebony Bridges, but. Unfortunately, she got hurt, so we got late sub Jorgelina Guanini, who came up super heavy. They were supposed to fight for the vacant interim WBA title. That went out the window mm-hmm. when uh, mm-hmm. when Guanini informed the promoters Eddie Hearn that she wasn't gonna make weight. So, how fast and how easy it was for 
Eddie Hearn to go out and find the vacant WBC interim 122-pound title. Imagine that. You're fighting for one interim title. They're not going to make weight at 118. And with the drop of a hat, you find another interim, another sanctioning body that's willing to give you another interim title just like that. Yeah. So, and it was at 122. Jorgelina Guanini still didn't make the weight. She was closer to 126. But it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Rachel Vaughn scored the unanimous decision with scores of 99-92 and 99-91 two times. And truthfully, Lupi, that was a bit of a letdown. We were expecting Ebony Bridges, and hopefully that fight does happen once uh, Ebony Bridges um, uh, recuperates from her shoulder injury, which had her pulled out from that fight. Yeah, because I wasn't, I mean, other than her long limbs, I w- I'm not too impressed with uh, Rachel Ball. I mean, she beat Courtney Shannon. She beat Beck Conley, but she was beat by Sanders. So, yet, you know, more, we need to see her a little more. But Guanini, yeah. she was aggressive. Guanini, 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 she was really aggressive. Guanini. Yeah, yeah. but she, she, she just Eddie came into heavy. She just came into heavy, yeah. and, and it just wasn't much. Um now, let's see when that fight does happen. And I believe that when that fight does happen between Rachel Ball and Ebony Bridges, it would be at 118 because I think that's the, that's the, uh, the weight class that Ebony Bridges wants to fight at. And I believe that Rachel mm-hmm. Ball does as well. So this fight, it's just kind of like Eddie Hearn had promoted the triple header so much that he didn't want it to go through the wayside. So they just put this fight together so they could have that third female fight but the real fight that we're all expected and wanting was Paul against Bridges. So hopefully we get yeah. that soon. Now let's move yeah. on to the upcoming calendar, which is not much, unfortunately. On Saturday, November 25th from Mexico City, Jackie Nava is coming back to the ring against another Mexican yeah. by Nina Marisola Corona in a 10-rounder at 122 pounds. But just like her last fight, which was a couple of months ago, this is a non-sanctioned fight. Like we had explained here on the on the show, um, Mexico City, the commission for Mexico City are not sanctioning fights as of right now. And this fight is happening at the studios of the Azteca Channel. Um, so the Azteca Channel and the promoter Sanford went out and hired their own referees. And they, ha- they, they, they hired referees from the, I think from the state of Mexico, and their own referees and their own judges, and the WBC is heavily involved in the promotion as well. So mm-hmm. this fight is not sanctioned by any commission, so it's not a an official fight. And in um, boxrec.com, it comes up as a no contest, but she is going to be in the ring, and she is going to be fighting this Saturday. So if you have the opportunity to watch it on the Azteca channel, you can do so or later on in YouTube. And on Thursday... December 3rd, the, the date of our next show, December 3rd, we have from Tokyo, Japan, which is going to happen earlier because of time change, we have Ayaka Miyao going against Etsuko Tada in a 10-round for the vacant WBO 105-pound title. So that's the only thing that we have, major fights. Now, Faye Faiva uh, well, is fighting this Friday in Florida. On the next show, which we don't, I think it's December 3rd as well. Um, Daniel Perkins Chambers is going to be fighting, but the major fights are going to be those two fights the Jackie Nava fight and uh, and the uh, the Japanese fight between Ayaka Miyao and Itsuko Tada 
for the vacant WBO 105 pound title. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's all we have for the show tonight. Lupe David unfortunately wasn't able to give us a call. Um, but I'm sure he will be here with us on December 3rd, or maybe not, because that's the next show for Ring City. So we'll see what we'll do on that night. Maybe we'll change it yeah. to a, a, a week later. But we'll we'll okay. we'll post that on our Twitter account and on our on our social media. But uh, our next show tentatively right now for December 3rd, if not a week later. Lupi, it was great. Maybe uh, we had a great show. First time that you and I have a show, uh, just the two of us. I know. <laughs> but <laughs> let, let me remind you, if you want that co-host of the year trophy, you get us that interview with Hugh Min Choi, who is in the United States I'm right now. It. All right? I'm on it. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, Lupe. And we'll talk to you on our next show. Good night.